Hey, it's Andrew and Ed here from the Property Academy podcast. Just before we get into these podcasts with Ilsa, just want to mention that these were actually recorded before the government's tax changes. Now, that actually makes them more relevant. And to talk about how to beat the government's tax changes by cash flow hacking your property portfolio, we are hosting a webinar with Ilsa. I'm going to drop a link to that in the show notes. But until then, enjoy the podcast. Welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Andrew Mitchell. And today on the show, we are once again joined by Elsa Wolf, who is a professional property investor. Elsa, welcome back for our final episode together in this round. Thanks again. Now, and today we're going to delve more deep into your property coaching story. So we mentioned on the last show about how you'd used a property coach to go from one to about six million within your portfolio. And I'm really keen to dig into exactly what that was like and walk through that experience because of course we're now looking to start a property coaching service where we help people do and execute the Burr strategy. You're going to be working on that with us here at Opus Partners. And I think people are going to be interested in hearing, well, what was your experience like? And maybe some things that might be a little bit different based on what you'd gone through. So walk us through back to how you got into this. So as I was saying on the last episode, Taylor and I had managed to grow our portfolio to a point where we thought, okay, we're kind of getting a feel for this, but we knew we weren't actually using our investment as efficiently as possible. I didn't know the nuts and bolts of how to really run a cost-effective and efficient renovation. We were missing a few strings to our bow. So we decided to get professional help from a coach who already was living the lifestyle and had the results that we wanted for ourselves. So we wanted to mirror what they were doing, thinking that would propel us forward. So we paid 20,000 plus GST for this coaching program. And this particular program was very capital gain heavy with the belief that you should stretch yourself to buy the best capital gain earning properties that you could. So we went all in with this. This was great. This is our bread and butter. So we were very focused. This is an Auckland kind of firm? Yeah. So yeah, very so this much is... focus on high value properties. Yes. So the philosophy was that they had a very specific geographic reach. You're right. So within Auckland, the ambition was for their students to buy as centrally as possible. So really focusing on catching those capital gains. And did you get them? We did. We went in hands and feet and within about six months, we'd bought three great central properties. So one in Ellerslie, one in Remuera, and then finally in Greylin. And this was around the 2015, 2016 mark, right? Yes. So that's a really important point to note, actually. The Auckland market had gone through four or five years of complete bull market growth. And, and then it uh, peaked at about March 2017 and was flat for about three and a half years, I think. Exactly. So what happened was we bought these three fantastic properties we renovated. I learnt so many great details by being out in the field looking at active renovations that were being conducted by other students. Our coach was always there to help us, you know, spot the opportunities while we were on site viewing these properties. I learned, you know, how far I could move a kitchen without triggering a council consent requirement. I learned which walls will be load bearing versus not. So it sounds like it was pretty valuable in terms of getting that additional confidence around renovations that you were looking for? Yes, it really was about getting that confidence, having someone to check a lot of my decision making with and helping me navigate that full process right from setting up a contract, making sure that I had the right conditions, making sure I was as active as possible during that pre-settlement phase, making sure I had access to the property to move ahead with as many decisions as possible and also becoming confident with creating more of a turnkey type renovation 
through practice and through knowing where to focus dollars to put mm. $1 in equals 3 or $4 out, I was able to then reduce my input with each successive renovation because I knew what carpet I was going to choose. I knew the yes. colour of paint. Yeah. And I guess the difficulty there is it's not the sort of stuff that you read in books. When you read property investment books, nobody goes through to this level of detail, primarily because it changes quite quickly. So by the time you've written a book, that information might be out of date. The other thing is it can be quite area specific in terms of what's mm. going to work in Greylin as opposed to Aranui and Christchurch or something along those lines. So I suppose that's probably something that you wouldn't have been able to get anywhere else. Yeah, that's right. Now tell us also, what was the relationship with your coach like? Can you call them up whenever if you're paying them 20 grand or, or how does it work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were very accessible and available to us. The process within this program was that to secure a property that you could then negotiate on yourself or go bid at auction yourself was that you needed to be the first student who would go to visit the property, not necessarily inside, but go to the for sale sign take a photo of the sign and secure it as my property that I wanted to pursue. So you took a lot of selfies during yeah, that Yeah, yeah, you just go around every sign and get a photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So took a selfie and then I would call up my coach to come and assess. So first of all, of course, they would look at the online listing, look at the details. We would make some assumptions around what we would do with this property, check the general area. Also look within central Auckland, there are still a number of undesirable spots. So yes. of course, like taking that expertise and knowing which certain locations or streets within suburbs that were obviously superior to others. If there was a lot of Housing New Zealand stock in the close proximity, that was perhaps a bit of a red flag in some areas. They were really responsive and very hands-on, so they would come and view the properties with me. So they'd actually meet you on site? They would meet me on site. There was never a no, actually. Every property that I did want to view, they would come meet me there, walk through the property, spot any red flags, you know, certain cracks in places that I should be aware of. And really, through their experience, it was almost a verbal on-site building inspection, an informal inspection from their perspective. Was there any kind of fair use limits to how often you could take them to properties? I mean, I'm sure that if you took them to one every day for 100 days, they'd probably say, hey, Elsa, this is getting a bit ridiculous. But was there any kind of guidelines as to how much you could actually use one of these people? Well, you know, it's within reason. I was probably one of the more active investors because I was starting to pursue this as a student full time. So fortunately for me, they were available during the work hours, the typical business hours. And that worked really well in my favour for trying to whip around Auckland as fast as possible and traffic to get these properties. But no, they were always available at the end of the phone or email if they weren't available in person. Do you know what? I'm thinking about how much money I spent at university and how big of a student loan I took (laughs) on in order to be able to do what I do now. And I'm just thinking, look, it's more or less the same price, but no, no lecturer ever came over to a house to teach me economics and things like that. And what I want to know, though, is what are some of the revelations that they imparted to you? Some of those aha moments that you're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. That just saved me 10 grand by that one conversation. Yeah, exactly. So many nuts and bolts of the renovation side of things. So Mm. actually getting into the doing, once I'd purchased the right property, understanding how far I could move plumbing or if I was to add an additional outlet in the bathroom, you know, what was the process I need to follow for that? Of course, to expedite the renovation process as quickly as possible, we would opt for properties that didn't require council consent if possible. And that meant that we could have a fast renovation. So they taught me how to spot the load-bearing walls versus not. Was there any deals that they stopped you from going ahead with that you're glad that they they picked up an, a real issue. There was a property that we did have an offer on that through due diligence we decided not to move ahead with. The coach was able to show us some detailed data around that specific suburb and we found that that property in particular was located really closely to a lot of housing New Zealand stock. What was the suburb? 
Only hunger. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So when you sign up to one of these things and you've got to pay 20 grand plus GST, of course, how do you do that? Do you bang it on your credit card or do you refinance <laughs> it? Do you pay for it all up front in cash? Like, what are the financing options? Any like, listeners is, of the show, please don't put it on your credit card. These are the things <laughs> yeah. that people are thinking about. Like, right. how do you pay 20 grand plus GST? Yeah, and appreciate it. It was a huge investment, not to underestimate that this was a huge... There ain't no, no student loans for this, Elsa. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> this is a huge bet, you know, putting our future on the line to really put our trust in someone else. So no, it wasn't as simple as that. We definitely didn't want to put that on our credit card. We had two options, actually. We could either pay up front with a slight discount or we could split those payments on a monthly direct debit. Over how long? Over 12 months. <laughs> One month. Well, I mean, even 12 months, it's still quite a lot of money. Yeah. We're talking about, you know, close to two grand a month that you'd um, be paying out. I can out make you case. an Excel spreadsheet to work out these formulas if you need to. <laughs> no, I just had to add on GST, 24.5k <laughs> divided by 12. It is about 2k. So our choice was to go with the direct debit payment plan, which served us well because we knew that we could service that from Taylor's income. He was in a really well-paying salaried role. So from a monthly cash flow perspective, that was fine. What I didn't want to do was suddenly take 20000 out of my usable equity, yeah, which I would otherwise use to purchase or renovate the next property. But of course, the only downside of that is then that's a liability or an expense for monthly payments mm. when you go to apply from the bank. So you need to be able to service that as well when applying for loans. So you just have to know which yeah. you're going to be tighter on? Is it the equity side or is it on the servicing side to, to decide how you're going to pay for that if that's mm. something that people want to do? And would you say as well, I always like to look at both the nice side and the bad side so that people can walk away with a more rounded view. Was there anything that you thought actually maybe they recommend something that wasn't the right decision for you? Mm. Well, actually, what I did realise at a certain point in time after quickly running around buying three properties in six months was that I had failed to notice that big old revolving credit facility with all the income coming in from the properties, but also the outgoings. It's sometimes quite difficult, even when you're fairly financially literate, to not notice that the outflow was significantly larger than the inflow. And that's easy to do with a revolving credit. Exactly. So what I finally sat down and calculated and realised was that we were going backwards at $50,000 per year from these three properties. While we had achieved great capital gains growing properties, we had actually created for ourselves three um, negative, yeah, yeah, three negatively geared properties. And that's really important to kind of have that balance, right? Because property is great if you can hold it long term. If you can't hold it long term, that's how you lose money. And if you're forced to sell a property before mm. that long term goal, then you're either going to lose the potential capital growth or you're going to take a loss right now. Mm. What was it like topping up these properties by almost $1,000 a week? Surely that would have caused a bit of stress on your personal finances. Actually, to be honest, it was incredibly stressful. We had a young baby at the time. So as a young family, a lot of additional costs and it was incredibly stressful. We actually had to make some significant lifestyle changes. It knocked us quite heavily. So, you know, my journey has by no means been perfect. I've had some real hard knocks along the way and we've had to make some significant course corrections for sure. And so how did you get out of that hole? We made some pretty huge lifestyle changes. So I actually went back into some contracting work for a while. We realised that with losing $50,000 to top up these three properties, that was effectively taking a portion of the work, the time Taylor was putting into work just to pay interest on these three properties. So I went back into work for a time. It took us about a year to correct our finances. We actually ended up moving into that Greyland home that we'd purchased through the course. We ended up having to rent that out, albeit still negatively geared, but we needed to take that cash flow burden off ourselves. We moved an hour out of central Auckland and sacrificed to have to commute back into work to make those financial costs. We lived very prudely and yet without any luxury to make sure that we got back on track. And so you managed to do it without selling anything? 
We did, thankfully. And back to Ed's point, asking about the time in the market. Unfortunately, when we bought that third property, which was the Greyland one, the market in Auckland had plateaued. So whilst we had completed our renovations and then refinanced, we were, you know, looking close to a very highly geared property portfolio. So that really was our last resort. So at that point, you were losing 50 grand a year. Market started flatlining, so you weren't getting that equity. Mm. So you would have really felt like you were going backwards at that time. Now, post-COVID property, prices over the last 12 months have increased 21.5%. So, you've, I mean, last 12 months for you would have been rocking, but <laughs> that three-year period where the market was flat certainly would have been some late nights with some question yeah. marks over your head. <laughs> totally. And look, what you learn and read and focus on really reveals what your focus is. And for me at the time, I'd been so single-minded about the capital gains aspect of our journey that I'd failed to see the holes in my knowledge. And that was a pivotal moment for me. I needed to school up on the income side of things. So for me now, taking that hard lesson, the last couple of years, we have managed to get our finances in order. And actually, we've really accelerated with the fact that we've now focused on this cash flow hacking and max maximising as much income out of every single purchase. Yeah, and that's mm. it's such a good lesson to learn, particularly early on, because you know the larger your portfolio, the more you got to lose. But if mm. you don't get that balance right of cash flow and growth, you won't be a successful property investor because you just can't afford to get to that mm. next level. And the market takes care of everything if you can weather that storm. Yeah. As part of my fundamental criteria for any property now, I would never look at a solely capital gain product for myself and my, my clients. I think a balanced approach is by far the best way. That's the key lesson for me. So tell me this also. You're now getting to the stage where you're now starting a property coaching service, You know, focusing on Burr and really active strategies, working with some very handsome gentlemen in order to be able to do this, <laughs> if I can say that. But why are you looking to start a property coaching service focusing on active investors? Well, through that personal experience that we've had, being very focused on one side of the fence with the capital gains and then understanding the absolute importance of having a balanced approach, I really feel that we've now come to a point where we have the expertise to offer to people who want to follow on that same journey. It has organically come through, through contacts and friends and family. The last few years, I have been assisting them to purchase, to renovate and repeat themselves. Now we have a really well oiled machine, you know, at the heart of this business. Well, yes, it comes down to the numbers. At the heart of it is I'm always thinking about who is going to be the intendant in this property. And then working back from there, once the numbers say, yes, this property is a goer, I can be confident that that purchase will suit either myself or a client. And one of the things I'm really excited to add into the industry is actually having a financial plan basis around kind of a strategy. Yes, yeah, so this is not a one-size-fits-all program at all. What I've learned in the past for myself is that just plugging into a system is not what works for myself, let alone everybody. So this is a full wraparound service that will be completely customised to an individual circumstance. We will work out what your goals are if you don't actually have them written down on paper or if you don't know them yourselves. We'll help you work those out and then we'll work out which properties, which buying criteria are going to propel you with an active strategy towards that outcome. Now what I want to ask you, Elsa, is... Who is this sort of thing not the right fit for? I think we've got an understanding of, you know, who it's right for, but who should not use this sort of service? Now, look, this program doesn't suit everybody. The type of investors who are looking for a turnkey solution with a property that is ready to be tenanted and ready to create income for them, this is an active strategy that requires involvement in some shape or form. You also need to have a slightly different risk profile in the sense that 
there are uncertainties with the borough strategy. You need to be comfortable that the outcomes aren't definitive. We can plan for those as best we can within the constraints of the existing environment and how that can change. But this is for someone who wants to accelerate their financial results by controlling outcomes through active renovation in order to buy properties as fast as they possibly can. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about this Burr strategy with Andrew, Elsa and I, we are having our monthly webinar in April dedicated to teaching you how to run a Burr strategy in today's market with the LVR restrictions, with the things that the Reserve Bank are looking to do right now. So if you want to come along to that, absolutely free. Tap or swipe over the cover art. There'll be a link in the show notes or just go to opuspartners.co.nz. You'll be able to sign up there. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ebert Knight. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.